I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. My thoughts this morning arise out of the Gospel reading, but I need to get into it so you see where I'm going. Uh, We're in the Easter season. We continue to track the journey of the disciples in the period after the resurrection. And uh, this week, unlike the last three weeks, we don't have uh, an appearance story in our uh, our scripture readings this morning. Instead, um, we have the story of Peter who raises someone from the dead. And so there's a clear connection between Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead or um, uh, the, the, the little girl where he says Talitha kum. And so there are connections back. And so Peter is, in a sense, becoming Jesus to the world in, in a symbolic way that Jesus is being manifested through the disciples now, um, as opposed to through his physical earthly presence. So the, the resurrected Jesus... Is, is becoming transformed as we go through this story from a physical appearance that you can see and touch and you can put your hands in the holes and so forth into a more spiritual presence, a, um, a mystical presence that is operative in, in ways that don't involve the physical body. And it's with that in mind that we can now read John's Gospel. Now, this is back during Jesus' life, but the thing to know about John's Gospel is, as one of my favorite professors once put it, in all the other Gospels, Jesus is on the journey to the cross. In John's Gospel, he's come back to brag about it. So, it's always the resurrected Jesus talking on every page of John, and John gives us all kinds of clues that that's what he's talking about. At the very beginning of John, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So John is saying, I'm talking about this Greek concept of God's first idea that gave rise to all creation that was enfleshed in this person of Jesus. And so the words that come out of Jesus' mouth are different in John than they are in the other Gospels because they're about John's reflections of the resurrected Jesus. So, when, when you have the story of the Jews coming to Jesus, saying, are you the Messiah? Just tell us. Tell us plainly. And Jesus says, I have been telling you, and you haven't listened. This is a reflection on what it means to be a follower of Jesus and of what it means to be in relationship with Jesus, where we say, tell us, just tell us what to do, God. Tell us, Jesus, what are we supposed to do with our life? How are we supposed to deal with this situation, etc., etc.? And the answer is, I am telling you, and you're not listening. So you see the translation that I'm doing there. We're talking about the mystical presence of Jesus in our life today, the resurrected Christ as Christ comes to us, not in bodily form, but in some other mechanism. And so we are given clues in John's Gospel as to what that looks like or feels like, because it is mystical. And, we keep, and, and like the Jews, we say to John, John, just tell us what the answer is. And John says, I am telling you, and you're not listening. So when we're looking for what it means to be followers of Jesus in the post-resurrection period of history, then it's it's like what Jesus says, my, you, you're not listening to me because you're not of my flock. You're not my sheep. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. So we have this great image of the shepherd, which John uses a number of times. He goes at it again and again. We are like the, the sheep and Jesus is like the shepherd. 
And in order for us to really understand that, we need to understand Middle Eastern shepherding. Because that's the image that, that John is using here to talk about the relationship between the risen Christ and the followers of, of the risen Christ. And all I have, I've never seen this firsthand, so I only have a secondhand account, but I think it explains what I'm trying to get at. The secondhand account was of a person who was in the Middle East who was at an intersection where two shepherds were coming down cross streets to each other with an entire flock of sheep, each in tow. And they weren't behind the flock, beating them with a stick or anything. They were leading the way. They were walking in a certain direction, and they were talking and calling and singing, and the sheep were following along after the sound of the shepherd's voice. This is how Middle Eastern shepherds work. The sheep recognize the voice, and they follow the shepherds around. So these two shepherds come to the intersection, and then it was absolute chaos. Sheep everywhere. You couldn't stand or move without being bumped by one sheep or another. And the shepherds were just sort of winding their way through the chaos to the other side. And then one shepherd went out this way and the other shepherd went out that way. And the sheep just went perfectly after their shepherds because they recognized the shepherd's voice. They didn't lose one sheep to each other or trade sheep or anything like that. It was just the sheep knew the voice and they followed. So this is the image that is being given to us for what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. And when we get into this, this, the heart of this little uh, interaction between Jesus and the Jews, um, and Jesus saying, I am telling you and you're not getting it, um, there's another clue here in the, in the text where this is at the festival of the dedication. Um, and the festival of the dedication is Hanukkah. It's the, it's the festival that celebrates the Maccabean revolt against the oppressive, uh, at the time, Greek powers. Um, and so the Jews have celebrated this ever since. To this day, when they celebrate Hanukkah, they're remembering the Maccabean Revolt and how Israel was liberated from its oppressors. Right, And so because this is set in the period of the liberation of the oppressors, and the question is, are you the Messiah or not, tell us plainly, one of the clues here is that they have a fixed, predetermined idea of what a Messiah looks like. And they just want an answer. Are you like Judas Maccabeus, only better? That's what the Messiah looks like. Right? Are you or are you not? And and then the presumption is, if you answer yes, then they go, hooray, we know what this is, and we're on board. If you say no, then we don't care what you're doing, because you're not what we're looking for. And Jesus' message is, I am the Messiah, but not the kind of Messiah you think. And so the, 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 the message is, your pre preconceived ideas are getting in the way of you listening to my voice. I'm trying to tell you what I am and what I'm about and what I'm trying to do. And you keep imposing these ideas and saying either it's this or it's not, and if it's not, then I'm not interested in it. And so translating that into a contemporary Christian spirituality, one of the messages of this text is that our preconceived ideas can get in the way of listening to what God or Jesus is actually trying to tell us. And it's very, very easy. As a guy that lives in my head and has lots of ideas about lots of things, I know all too well how attached I become to my ideas and how I, I, I can actually ignore that still small voice of God that is telling me something that I know deep in my bones but I don't want to listen to. And so I get all these, uh, these, these uh, functions that happen inside my psyche 
where I, I get defensive and I get resistant and I get angry and I get def, you know, uh, vulnerable. My, my ego gets invested in my ideas and if you threaten my ideas, you threaten me and so I'm going to push back and on and on and on. And, and so the, the still small voice is trying to talk to me and I'm not listening. So to be followers of the risen Christ is to be like sheep listening to a shepherd. The important thing is the relationship, not the preconceived notions. And so when we as Christians try to listen to where Christ is leading, we are followers of Jesus, we are followers of Christ, that's what it means to be a Christian. So the question becomes, are we listening? How do we listen? Yes, we need ideas, we need to read the Bible, we need to you know, figure out what we believe, but ultimately, we're looking for some kind of experience that is the kind of thing where we know what the truth is, we just don't know that we know it yet. And I don't know if you've had experiences like that in your life, but I certainly have, where I, when I finally admit it, I realized I've known it all along, I just wasn't letting myself pay attention. So it's the kind of thing that you've always known and just take time to admit. So when you are asking in your spiritual journey, what's next for you? You've got a big decision to make. You're saying, where is God calling me? What's the right thing for me to do in this situation? And all those normal everyday life questions, some big, some small, when you're looking for the guidance of Jesus, the question is, are you listening? Are you getting past your ideas, your ego, all the things that get in the way and just listening to what God is telling you because if you're paying attention, you will recognize the voice. When you, when you just allow yourself to sit in silence and let go of everything that you don't need and just listen. So we, this is why we talk about prayer and meditation and silence and, and retreat and all that good stuff. That's why. So we can let go of all that other stuff and just listen to what God is saying. And if we listen, we will hear. We are the sheep. We do know the voice. When we get to the other end of that intersection, we will be following our master if we're paying attention. And we can pay attention. And so the other part of this gospel reading is the assurance that God is never going to let us go. Jesus is never going to let us go. And if we are listening, Jesus will always be there for us, no matter what it is that we are going through. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>